How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We are joined now by our buddy Tim Fitzgerald, GoPowerCat.com, at Life of Fitz on social media. Fitz, it's a game day, a little different for you, I know, but still one to be excited about. How are you this morning? I'm good. To be honest, I'm so focused on it being game day. I didn't know who was calling me at 10 o'clock on game day. But it's not regular game day. It's Thursday. I got an appointment with you guys. Yeah, and a good appointment. Look, I don't know where your head's at on this game. I I think I don't know what to expect out of the outcome. NC State is missing a bunch of players just like K-State is missing a bunch of players. The obvious spotlight will be on Avery Johnson. I have kind of started to think that Connor Riley may be the more important spotlight because he's sort of coaching for a job here. Like, when we talk about expectations for a Pop-Tarts Bowl, how, how do you even set them? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of wild how much the transfer portal um, and – you know, uh, more guys going, sitting out for the draft. I've changed the bowl picture. I was commenting on an NC State podcast yesterday. I have no idea how Vegas sets the odds for these things. I mean, how do you wrap your mind around the changes and how they'll actually impact the team? And, you know, we saw it last night with the uh, the Holiday Bowl in which USC, uh, you know, just absolutely destroyed uh, you know, their opponent with backup quarterback, nobody expected to play that well. So it's just hard to project. Um, But I think in light of how the season ended with that miserable performance in the snow against Iowa State, uh, fans are excited to have one more and one more with the youth movement underway for Kansas State football. We knew it was coming next year, but this is like a bonus preview of all that. Yeah, how important fits is continuity in your mind? The continuity from the success that the the team that we were used to watching all season overall had this year versus what the future is. And I know that they don't have Colin Klein, obviously, anymore, but Chris Kleiman is still the head coach. And even with the youth movement, there's a, a certain way that he likes to do things. So how important do you think it is for them to show that there is that continuity between what they did this year and then what it is going to look like in the future. Yeah, that's an important part of Chris Conlon's program is uh, the old guys handed down, you know, this, this kind of thought to the young guys. And I think that's been done. I, I know this, um, anyone that watched Avery player got to know him in the Wichita area. Um, he's a, He's a one of a kind, and I don't mean that as a player. I mean as a person. This kid is wildly 
mature beyond his years. He's the calm, um, thought process type of guy. Um, and I think uh, that has reflected well in the locker room. And I think maybe the most remarkable thing to come out of this whole bold process is we've got a true freshman at Kansas State who's emerged as a as a leader of the team going into a bowl game. Now, I don't know what you guys are like as true freshmen in college, um, but I was I was drunk too much to lead anyone to anywhere other than Aggieville. So uh, I'm just really impressed at how Avery Johnson's handled this and seems to be transitioning right into keeping everything going at Kansas State. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Fitz. I, he's, and it's not just like the pressure of now being the starter or like – all the attention that has been around him there since he since he was even in the running like it's been it's been all about Avery Johnson in Manhattan what are we looking at yet you know probably about 2 years now since he you know yeah. ultimately made the decision to watching everything he did in his final year of high school to all the elite 11 quarterback camps to building even more buzz to you know, getting there as a freshman, people wanting him to be the starter, him reannouncing he's going to be there despite calling – like, all of this. It's not just, like, something that has now sprung on him as he's about to officially take the reins. It's been going on for two years with this kid. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy um, the, the how the process plays out. Um, and, you know, the the presence of Avery Johnson in that locker room was apparent from early on. Uh, and I just want to point out that the team and the coaches believe in this guy so much. Uh, a fifth-year senior quarterback with one more year of eligibility left. And, you know, he's looking at major programs or possibly the NFL as his choice, but he knew he wasn't going to be the starter in Manhattan next season. Everyone knew that um, because the talent is undeniable and you need to get to that talent and start – uh, developing it to its, you know, furthest extent as soon as possible. And I think Chris Kleiman now realizes that process should have started this year um, and playing him more in those late games because I think they mismanaged his eligibility horribly. But, um, you know, I I don't know. You can't unwind the clock. But, boy, I don't blame Case Ayers for being frustrated how Colin Klein managed uh, this young man's season because – uh, I, I think he could have helped the team at some points of this season. What do the skill position players look like around Avery for today? I mean, I know that we know Treshawn Ward is out of the program. Ben Sennett is going to the draft, all of that. Um, so what do you expect as far as the tools that Johnson will have to work with today? Um, well, first thing, let's say that he's got the veteran offensive line in front of him. So, <clears throat> that would be a bigger concern if those guys had left, to be really blunt, because uh, I don't think they're ready along the line to play a bowl game. Now, the skill positions, I do think they're ready. We'll see a whole bunch of DJ Giddens, probably more than usual, but they'll mix some Joe Jackson in there, who's an electric true freshman. Um, we've already seen Jace Brown at receiver and the impact he had, uh, but look for Trey Spivey, another true freshman, to step up there. You got Garrett Oakley at tight end to go with Swanson. But I think Oakley is, is seen as the Ben Sennett successor in terms of being the playmaking tight end, and we saw that unveil itself later in the season. Um, so in terms of the skill positions, they're going to be young. Will they make some mistakes? Yeah, but uh, guys, I'm 
I'm really excited to see uh, Avery Johnson throw into the guys he probably threw a lot to in practice, including Keegan Johnson while he was, you know, trying to work his way up back up through uh, being injured this season into the regular rotation. So uh, they're young at receiver, but boy, they're, they're going to be more dynamic, I think, in this game than they have in most of the season. You'll know this better than us, Fitz. Uh, GoPowerCat.com publisher at Life of Fitz on social media. So Avery got all the attention of the local guys, but you know it was sort of a class of local guys for us. Wesley Fair, Will yeah. Ancio, a part of that class. Any expectations for those two other locals here from the Wichita area tonight? Uh, you know, I, I think Wesley. I'm not sure on Will Ancio to be honest. Uh, I, I, I haven't really heard him mentioned at this point, which doesn't mean anything. It might just mean he's a little bit um, further behind the curve in terms of development. But I, I, man, I watched that kid on film. I, I love him. But uh, I think Wesley Fair is going to be really good. Unfortunately for Wesley Fair, he has two guys in his class in Colby McAllister and Jack Fabris who are going to play significant minutes in this game because. Uh, they have really erupted early in the process. In fact, the coaches love Jack Fabris so much, they made the decision they should have made with Avery. Let's play him four and shut him down. Um, and, you know, maybe they couldn't afford to do that with Avery in case there's an injury, but they did shut Jack Fabris down. And now the NCAA allows anyone to play in this game without it impacting their eligibility as long as they're eligible to play this season. So it's uh, – it's going to be interesting. Jack Fabris, according to the depth chart, is going to step in at, at Kobe Savage's position, and I think the coaches are really excited about what he brings to the table. Defensively, of course we know all of the the changes and you know Kobe Savage out and, and just all of the other changes that have happened on that with that unit. Is this something that we should – maybe temper our expectations a little bit defensively for this particular game, but know that, you know, next year more than likely defensively, the team will be kind of back where we expect them to be. Or do you think that that transition from some of these guys like Kobe Savage into the, the, the next man up mentality can take place right away? They've had enough prep time over the last few weeks. What do you kind of think that we should be the, the outlook should be, I guess, for the game today on the defensive side of the ball? I expect mistakes, um, but yeah. let's be honest. We've seen that from the back end of this defense all season long. Um, and one of the guys that made a big part of those mistakes, Will Lee, is gone. Um, you know, they'll they'll probably go with their um, you know next the, their two other corners and maybe play a young guy. But I expect mistakes, and I think that, that the coaches expect that. That's part of the learning process, and that's part of the the unknown going into this game that makes it kind of interesting. You know, how good will these guys be? Will, will they be just fumbling and stumbling all over the place and in the wrong position constantly? And, you know, we see kind of a replay of maybe Missouri or, or you know, one of those games when the defense wasn't very good. Um, but I think we're going to see this revolution to these young guys really benefit this defense going forward. I want to back up to the start of the season when Joe Klanderman said he has eight, nine, maybe ten true freshmen that he would trust on the field this season. Um, that's how good the defensive class was uh, that are true freshmen. He, there are a bunch of guys. They, I think uh, if this is, you know, game plays out they, the way they want to, they're going to sample them throughout the game and 
and see what they got. I mean, they're going to have to have defensive end step in for Nate Matlack, and that will be a true freshman. So it's it's just very entertaining. Uh, get out your crystal ball for me, Fitz. Is Connor Riley the right man for the job? Is he going to get this job, you think? I don't know. And here's, here's the thing. Uh, you know, it, for me, it doesn't, unless he's just horrific at calling plays and it's obvious, you know, by halftime, oh boy. Um, I think Connor being in the press box today instead of on the field with his dudes is a big storyline because I don't think he's going to like it up there. I think he's going to go crazy up there. And I think he's going to realize I want to have input on play calling. I certainly want to be part of the coordinator uh, title at Kansas State, but I also want to be on the field with my guys. I know some offensive coordinators call plays on the field. I don't think it's wise, um, but I also think that uh, this impacts who they hire for quarterback coach. Are you just hiring a quarterback coach because Connor Riley's the offensive coordinator? Or are you hiring a quarterback coach who's also – been an OC and called plays so that he can be in the booth like Colin Klein was. Um, I, it's it's going to be an interesting to see how this plays out today. But um, or, you know, Connor Riley has I've been waiting for this moment. He's called plays in the past, early in his career, but uh, you know, this is a pretty big stage. Okay, Fitz. When the dust settles with the game tonight, final score, regardless of what ends up happening, how important is this bowl game? Do you think for this program? Um, you know, it's, it's the Pop-Tarts Bowl. It's, you know, changed the name yeah. 40,000 different times. Uh, regardless if they win or lose, where does this rank, I guess from a scale of like 1 to 10, on an importance level for the program, as the program moves forward, is this something that Chris Kleiman has lost sleep over the last couple weeks or so and getting ready for it? Or is it just kind of a... I don't, I don't want to say mediocre, but kind of middle-of-the-road bowl game, bowl experience. You cross it off the list, and you move on to next year. Uh, that's a good one, Tommy. I, You know what? I'd probably put a six on it, uh, and that's okay. up a couple points just based on where the – you know, how the young guys go. Um, either way, it's going to be a benefit to the team to get these guys uh, against a Power 5 opponent, a bowl opponent, that's looking for their 10th win. They're going to be motivated. Um, it's going to be great exposure for all these young guys to, to play at that level throughout an entire contest, not just a few games or a few snaps. And that's Avery included. So it's going to put them ahead of the curve for next year. But um, there's a possibility that they play well and they win and they get a bunch of momentum out of this too, a bunch of feel good. Uh, uh, and if that happens, I think it, you know, it, it elevates the importance of what the bowl game was. But overall, you're right. It's the Pop-Tarts Bowl. It is the second bowl in the pecking order for the conference. So, you know, it has been a pretty decent bowl to go to. Um, but, you know, it, this this new environment of bowl games, I, I just I, – I, it just has changed the value of games so much because really they just mean – I don't want to say less, but something different when you've got opt-outs, different quarterbacks. And, and the lineups changed. It just changes the whole texture of what the games are about. It does, but uh, I mean, Fitz, it, it like, what did it mean before, right? Like, this means a ton for different people in a different way for K State. But like, I, I, the bowl game outcome has never meant a ton for me as an observer. But man, for the future of this program, don't you think 
that it's pretty easy to make a case that this game being played the way it will be played this year versus traditionally, when you would have had a bunch of seniors and their swan song, but the way this will be played will be far more impactful to the future of this program because now these guys have a chance to get out there one time and work on yeah. you know what they learned from this game for an off season. Yeah, it's changed the meaning, but you know I go back to the '93 Copper Bowl and what what a transformational moment in, in Kansas State football that event was. They'd had a great season, and then forty thousand K State fans show up in Tucson for the game. Um, you know, the Holiday Bowls in those early years were so important to Kansas State. Um, and granted, the Holiday Bowls dropped down the bowl pecking order a little bit, but um, they had a great matchup last night. Uh, you know, you go to the Cotton Bowl with Tennessee, or, or you know, that '95 Holiday Bowl uh, has a lot of interesting things to it because. Matt Miller got injured in that game, and Brian Kavanaugh was thrown in at quarterback. We didn't really know what Cav was going to be about, and he's now in the Holiday Bowl Hall of Fame. So, you know, maybe that's, you know, a little bit precursor of what's happening here. But bowl games used to really uh, help you climb that ladder uh, to get to where you wanted to go, and not just the next season, but in the future, in case they climbed that ladder perfectly through the bowl ranks. Um, yeah, they tripped a little bit along the way, but. They had some bowl games that really built off of, and bowl games haven't felt that way. This one feels that way, like it could really mean something for next season. I think so, too. I, I think I think it's going to matter. I think we're going to look back at this one way or the other, and it will benefit the program moving forward. Final thing from me, KU fans are riding high right now, loving what the future could bring next year understanding that they could absolutely be in the mix for a Big 12 title, be in the absolutely. mix for a CFP appearance if that's the case. You think K-State at about 9 o'clock tonight will be feeling the same way? That's a great question. Will they win? I, You know, I don't know. Um, I think K-State's going to feel that way, win or lose. You know, it may not be tonight. They might, you know. Uh, be sipping on a, a cold one if they lose and, and not worry about next year. But I think they'll they'll take away from this game any positives um, and just the experience will help. Uh, but I'm going to be blunt here. I mean, K-State's playing a Power 5 program looking for 10 wins. Uh, this this is a significant challenge for, for any team. Um, and UNLV was a really good football team, but it's, you know, the Mountain West was down this year. Right. Uh, and right. – uh, I think I think there's some overvaluing of, of beating UNLV in the guaranteed rate bowl, um, but I do think K is going to be really good next year. There's no doubt in my mind, and I, you know I've said it over and over. I'm a Lance Leipold believer. I I think he's the right guy at the right time, um, at the right place, and we'll see where that carries Kansas. And and advantage to them being right when he's climbing up that ladder, you got a 12 team playoff. Yeah, Bill Snyder with teams in the top four in the country for, you know, a number of years, at least two or three that never had access to a playoff or could quite close the gap on the championship game like 98. So the opportunity is there. And this is what I've been saying about the 12-team playoff. This is what changes college football. Is now for Kansas or Kansas State or Oklahoma State accesses that playoff, you know, three out of five years two out of three years, it starts to change the perception of your program wildly as opposed to 
going to the Cotton Bowl and then maybe going to, you know, the, the Pop-Tarts Bowl, whatever it is. You know, now if you're in that playoff, you kind of join the club that's been exclusive before and before that two teams. Uh, and I think that's going to be a great opportunity for Brett Yormark's Big 12 to build some brands, uh, including Kansas and Kansas State in the football world, by accessing that playoff. We're going to love it. We're, I'm telling you, it, it'll take maybe one year for us to look back and say, what in the hell have we been doing with college football before this? Because this is incredible. It will make so, yep, the seasons so much better all over the country. And I don't care if a team makes it and gets beat by 60 in the first round. Who cares? Nope. Getting in nope. means it. something. And and it will mean something throughout the regular season. All right, Fitz, what do you guys have for some game day coverage at GoPowerCat.com? Oh, my gosh. We're so backed up on coverage because of the holiday. And um, uh, I made sure guys had a couple days off in there. But we've got our pregame podcast up. We've got the Friday walkthrough up. <clears throat> um, we've got my five keys to victory that's going up here, or maybe it went up already. Um, a lot of VIP stuff. We're at 60% off uh, through the through the bowl game at least uh, and for VIP subscriptions. And I – I just go to look at it it's so much. And, of course, tonight, uh, this afternoon, whatever 4.30 is, we're doing the Fitz cast uh, on our YouTube channel. But me and my crew from the PowerCap pregame podcast with quarterly guests talking about the game as it goes. Can't show the game, of course, but uh, hopefully we can get everyone synced up and uh, to try to watch the game together, which is going to be impossible. It's going to be a mess. That's basically my advertising pitch on it. It's going to be uh, a train wreck, so – uh, but we got some really cool guests. We got Michael Bishop coming in, got Nick Lecky coming in, we got James Gilbert, one of the first transfer portal guys for Chris Kleiman coming in, and then my friend Kelly in Vegas, Kelly Stewart, will come in in the fourth quarter from a bar in Nashville. Yeah, I wish we had a seven second delay for her. Will you have a uh, a nice little uh, glass of bourbon next to you as you're doing your Fitzcast? Uh, you know what? I, I'm usually a guy that tells everyone no drinking or working. That all rules are off except for F-bombs with the fifth cast. Uh, have your, I'm, I'm confident Nick Leckie will be drinking. I'm, I've never been more confident than anything that, that Nick Leckie will probably have a bourbon. He might be eating wings while tra- talking. That's, that's on brand for Nick. I will not uh, because in my current health situation, if I was drinking bourbon, I would take 20 pee breaks in the middle of Fitz cast. Nobody <laughs> wants that. And at some point I would, it'd be, uh, you know, I'd forget to turn off my microphone when I'm in there and it could really get interesting. I don't, I don't want, nobody wants that. No. I, I mean, you could, you could man up and put on a diaper. Well, you know that I could run to the doctor's office, have a catheter put in and, you know, maybe not even just run the line across the floor into the bathroom outside my studio. Just put on a diaper. Just put it on. I know. I know. I know. It, they're not as good as you think they are. They're not as effective. Yeah. I, I have not tried yet. Uh, I'm getting there. It'll no, be soon, I'm sure. I have a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Fitz. Uh, mental images for the game tonight uh, are, are now planted in there. We appreciate it. Yes. GoPowerCat.com. Follow Fitz at Life of Fitz. This is going to be a fun one, one way or the other. Uh, we'll be back to to talk about it next week, and then really charge right into Big Twelve basketball. It, it, here we go! Like it's it's go time. Fun time to be covering sports in the state of Kansas. All right, there's Tim Fitzgerald.
Follow him. Go to GoPowerCat.com. Fitz, we'll talk next week. Thank you, boys. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.